Are you struggling with kids fighting, yelling, and more despite listening to the podcast and reading all the books? Parenting can be so overwhelming and exhausting. You know, I see you and I have something that will help. Mindful Parenting SOS. I'm offering free live mindful parenting sessions starting Monday, May 6th. Basically, live mindful parenting lessons that you normally have to pay for. So if you struggle with getting your kids to listen, tantrums, misbehavior, and feeling the guilt of yelling at your kid, then you should definitely get your spot in Mindful Parenting SOS. I'll be there to answer your questions in person, and if you can't make it, we will have replays available. Don't wait to get your spot now. It's free. Go to mindfulmamamentor.com slash SOS to register. That's mindfulmamamentor.com slash SOS. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode 151. Today, we're talking about how to discipline. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I am your host, Hunter Clarkfield's Mindful Mama mentor. I help smart, thoughtful moms stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children and dads. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of the Mindful Parenting course, and I'm the author of the upcoming new book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confident kids. Guess what? I finished my first draft. Ah, I'm so excited. Woohoo! Wish I had like drum roll, drum roll. Yay. So welcome back and welcome if you're a brand new listener. I'm so glad that you are here. This is going to be a great episode for you. And I'm really going to break down some myths here today. So, you know, we know that studies show that spanking and yelling and threatening are all actually ineffective parenting tools. They cause more resistance in your children. So what do we do? How do we discipline today's kids? How do we regulate our children's behavior? So in this episode, I talk all about discipline, what it means, what it doesn't mean, and how to discipline children so that you can create cooperative kids who actually care about others' feelings and the consequences of their behavior. Before we dive into this episode, I want to tell you really quickly that Mindful Parenting, the course, is opening again soon. This can be really a life-changing course, and if you want a little taste of it, we are going to be having a free training that you can join, and it's at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. We're going to dive into some of the ideas we talk about in this episode even deeper. So don't miss it. Tell your friends about it. It's really powerful. Mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. And now on to this episode. How do I discipline is one of the biggest questions that we get that I get because it's confusing in a world. We may know that we don't want to spank our children. We know that spanking leads to to problems and many studies have shown incredible adverse effects of spanking and things like that. And we know 
we want to have our kids be emotionally healthy and we want to have a close connection, but we can't let them just ramshod over everyone, right? Like we need to have discipline. So that's what today's episode is about, how to discipline your kids, how to discipline. So first, let's think about this. What is discipline? This is the first thing to to consider. I mean, we usually think of the word discipline as kind of creating obedience through punishment. But I invite you to consider another way of seeing it. The Latin roots of the word, there are two roots, disciplina, meaning teaching, learning, and knowledge, and disciplinus, pupil, student, or follower. So what if, you know, we thought of discipline instead as teaching, mentorship, and modeling for our children, right? What method of solving problems and conflicts do we want to model, you know, with the end in mind of raising our children? And then we have to think about what is the end that we have in mind? What are your goals for your child? Now, it might be part of us, right? Part of us, especially the the sort of that ego, that part of us that thinks of ourselves as a separate self and wants to maintain a sense of safety for ourselves is really motivated by what do other people think of my child? And so we get really motivated by this idea of 100% obedience that other people might see our 100% obedient child and we will feel good and worthy, like we have done a good job. But do we really want an 100% obedient child? You know, there are a lot of people out there who are raised sort of with the rod and may be obedient, but there are a couple problems with that, right? One is about questioning authority. And one is, do we want people to always completely blindly question, follow the rules without questioning authority? And then also, do we, you know, what do we want? You know, do we want them to be maybe financially successful or but depressed and anxious? You know, we want to think about what do we really want for our kids? And in the world coming up, the blind obedience to authority isn't such a helpful treat. Factory workers are not needed that much anymore. In fact, we need people who know how to communicate with other people. We need people who are emotionally healthy and well-adjusted, who have a sense of self-worth and are able to be creative and be problem solvers. And none of those things really stems from obedience. We don't really learn those from obedience. So I'm going to speak in mind with the goal in mind of emotionally healthy, well-adjusted adults who my goal for my kids is for them to do the right thing intrinsically, meaning because they want to, because from the inside out, they want to do the right thing and they want to respect others and respect themselves, not because they're afraid of me. Parenting can be loud, stressful, and rough some days. And we want to be able to go to bed and take care of ourselves in a really beautiful way. And that's why I love that Cozy Earth is a sponsor of the podcast. Cozy Earth offers bedding products that will transform your sleep. The bedding is temperature regulating, which is like a huge sleep benefit, has superior softness, incredible fabric, and incredibly high quality. All the products come with a 10-year warranty. 
Truly, incorporating Cozy Earth products into your self-care routine can enhance your sleep quality and your overall wellness. You deserve to treat yourself to the ultimate in comfort and indulgence after all the day's craziness of parenting with Cozy Earth bedding and sleepwear. And it's a way to prioritize your self-care and sleep health. You deserve it. And here's an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for our listeners. Use the code MINDFUL35 for 35% off. That's awesome. At CozyEarth.com. That's coupon code MINDFUL35 for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. As parents, we know that there are so many things in life that we have to compromise on. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that doctor that doesn't really listen to you. Instead, check out ZocDoc. This is a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there's no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you actually know about. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash mindful and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mindful. ZocDoc.com slash mindful. So let, let me just back up a little bit because if you had told me <laughs> nine years ago that I would not use punishment with my children. I would have thought you were completely crazy. How would I have any control? You know, like, I really remember, I remember getting to know a new family, they're some friends of ours now in the neighborhood who didn't use timeouts. I thought they were totally nuts. I was not going to be the kind of parent who let her children run rampant. And the funny thing is now that I don't use punishment and I haven't for years and my children don't run rampant. Thank you very much. So we can look at punishment. I'm going to, we're going to look at punishment first, right? Because that's what we tend to think of as discipline, but we want to know, does it really work? Okay. And when I was, you know, nine years ago when my daughter was little, I had two problems with, with my earlier ideas about punishment. And one is that I didn't actually realize what it teaches children. And number two, I didn't have an alternative model. So what do children learn from punishment? And this is one of the biggest problems with punishment is that it actually doesn't teach your child anything helpful. And the whole premise of the authoritarian parenting approach is that if you punish a child for misbehavior, that child will see the error of their ways and want to do the right thing, right? This is like the way most of our culture thinks about parenting. But what it's actually teaching them is that the person with the most power wins. And when they have more power, they can push their solution down on the smaller person. So punishment actually causes resentment. We think that it's quote-unquote working, right? We think that, you know, fear of punishment, it wins out in the short run. It really does. Like, you know, you might get your child to hustle and do something right in the short run. But in the long run, 
punishment makes your child less likely to cooperate because they have learned to resent you. And this anger and resentment builds up inside and erodes your connection to your child, the connection that motivates them to want to be cooperative. Punishment can be psychologically damaging. Both physical punishment and harsh verbal punishment, yelling, can have lasting harmful effects on your child. Physical punishment, such as spanking, is hugely damaging. It's associated with verbal and physical aggression, delinquent, antisocial, and criminal behavior, poor quality of parent-child relationships, impaired mental health, and later abuse of one's own spouse and children. Obviously, that's not for everyone. I was spanked as a child, and I can see how it really tore down the quality of my parent-child relationships, but happily, I don't abuse my spouse. But the thing is, it's we don't even go anywhere near that. You know, when our kids are watching what we do, right? They are learning from the way we live our life. Like we are models and mentors for them. And when we physically punish, that's what they're going to learn to do. But the thing is, okay, so we may not physically punish. Is yelling much better? Unfortunately, no. <laughs> there was a longitudinal study of 967 families that found that harsh, Verbal discipline in early adolescence was harmful to teens later, and it can cause the teens to misbehave at school, lie to their parents, steal, or fight. And the parents' hostility actually increases the risk of delinquency and fosters anger, irritability, and belligerence in adolescence. That was me. I can tell you that much. I had anger, irritability, and belligerence as an adolescent, and I really think it was due to some pretty harsh parenting techniques that were happening in my family way back when. But this is a study, a long-term study of you know almost 100 families that really showed this from 2013. And the bottom line is that the yelling, harsh verbal discipline made be the behavior worse, not better. So it isn't actually that effective. So while we think we might use this tactic in the short term, in the long term, as we start to use these tactics, our kids resent us and we lose our influence. We lose our influence and we lose it, especially at the time when they need it most, when they're teens. So in the long run, this is an ineffective tactic to yell and to spank. Moreover, Punishment makes children self-centered. Punishment, you know, why? You might think if you're thinking, right? Punishment focuses children on the consequences they suffer rather than on the consequences of their behavior to somewhere else. So rather they're thinking, oh, I'm hurting because I'm punished, poor me, poor me, poor me, rather than, oh, what I did, you know, had this effect on someone else. You know, it makes your child actually makes their child more self-centered and less empathetic. It teaches kids to only look out for themselves and to blame others rather than to care about how their behavior affects others. Your child might also feel, you know, wronged, creating kind of a chip on their shoulder. So they're also likely to resent making amends. Punishment teaches children to lie. The motivation for your child is to avoid punishment, right? So you're punishing them so that you think they'll just have good behavior and avoid punishment, but we all make mistakes. We all mess up. And when we mess up, we get punished. 
our motivation is going to be to just avoid the punishment. So the motivation you're giving your child is to avoid the punishment, avoid the the yelling or the timeout or whatever the punishment is. So they're going to lie when they make, inevitably make mistakes because they want to escape your detection, right? They're going to get sneaky and they're going to lie. So in this way, punishment fosters dishonesty. And then the other thing, punishment doesn't teach your child good behavior. And so one of the biggest problems with this approach is that your child doesn't learn to do the right thing. They don't understand the impact that their behavior has on others. Instead, they learn that if they make a mistake, they are, quote unquote, bad and will end up hurting in some way if they are caught. They don't learn how to account for others' feelings because they're so focused on their own suffering from the punishment, like we said. And so the motivation for your child is to simply avoid punishment. And they are not motivated internally, intrinsically. It's all extrinsic. And thus, they lose an opportunity to develop any kind of self-discipline. You know, and also, children will mimic our dominating behavior. So rather than learning to do the right thing, they're actually learning to use their power over others who are less powerful. And they're not thinking about their needs versus the needs of others. They're just thinking about getting what I want. And so it doesn't teach them good behavior. They're not learning what we think we want them to learn, right? And finally, punishment makes kids less likely to cooperate. So yes, even timeouts, they erode your relationship with your child, making them less likely want to help you. The less connected you are to your child, the worse their behavior comes. They identify you as the cause of their suffering. So their anger and resentment builds. And research has shown that the authoritarian parenting approach can lead to, you know, short-term compliance, right? That obedience. But it actually does not lead to healthy, sustainable self-discipline. Because the child has no choice, you know, if there's a conflict, the, the child doesn't have any choice in the solution to the conflict, so they're not actually very motivated to follow through on that solution. And so you, the parent, have to be the enforcer, and the child feels resentful and angry at the parent, which makes them less likely to cooperate. So it's actually less effective. Ugh, right? Oh my gosh. So if punishment doesn't work, then how are we going to solve our problems and get our needs met? Some parents kind of, they throw up their hands all together and they let their kids make the rules. And this is the opposite of that. This is called permissive parenting. You know, maybe you believe that children are inherently good or you're simply tired of conflict and, you know, you want to, you know, just decide to let your children do what they want. This is that permissive parenting. There's few rules and not much structure. Zero discipline <laughs> when we think about learning, right? You know, this is where the child is winning and the parent is losing. And with this approach, the tables are reversed and the parent can actually start to resent the child. And this approach can lead to kids who are more self-centered. They lack self-regulation and even use drugs more. And while the children of parents of parents who are permissive and feel psychologically more secure, which is something we want, right, than those of authoritarian parents, and this is all from research, their behavior is often more out of control. And that's from research from Catherine Lewis's most recent book. 
So this is not what we want either, right? Because these permissive parenting kids, they don't learn they don't learn self-discipline, right? They don't have healthy boundaries, so they have little need for restraint, and they they also struggle. So so what do we want, right? We want this middle path, the middle path of discipline, of learning to be a good human being. Yes. So looking at these extremes, like we can see that solving conflicts, you know, any all these conflicts we have in our family, solving those conflicts is much more complex than simply demanding obedience or giving kids what they want, right? How we resolve our conflicts, it reflects deep views about humanity that we unconsciously are transmitting to our children. Are people inherently good? Are we all sinners? Is it a dog-eat-dog world that we have to fight to get our needs met? Or, you know, do we always obey the one who has the most power? Instead, let's ask this question. How do we find that middle path where when there's conflict, everyone can get their needs met and we can raise, you know, emotionally healthy kids who help out around the house and do their chores and get out of the house on time? That's right. I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. So my husband's had hair thinning issues for years, for a long time. It's not something he'd love to have, and he's done some things for it. But recently started using Nutrafol, and oh my gosh, we have actually seen quite a difference. Did you know that for women, hair thinning happens in approximately one in two women? And if you're among them, I want you to know that you're definitely not alone. It's normal, but it's not openly talked about and going through it can feel lonely and frustrating. But you can join over one million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding, like my honey. Physician formulated with drug-free ingredients, Nutrafol supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve throughout a woman's life. And while many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol's women's hair growth supplement for six months. With Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. 
Purchase online, no prescription required, free shipping, and automated deliveries to ensure you'll never miss a day. See results in three to six months. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code MINDFULPARENTING. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code MINDFULPARENTING. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code MINDFULPARENTING. So in the middle path, right, we need to set limits. But we set limits instead of with punishment, we set limits with empathy. And empathy is feeling the emotions of another, right? Using that inherent human drive that we have, that we feel what other people are feeling, right? So we can start with mindful discipline means really having boundaries, having important boundaries and setting limits and allowing ourselves to be the teacher and the mentor of our children. So we set limits to set limits with empathy. We start with a strong, supportive connection with our child. We have to have that connection. We want to nurture that. You know, when we set limits, we're thinking about our relationship is like, forever, right? Hopefully we're going to know our child for the rest of our lives. And we want to put deposits in that relationship bank account so that when we set some limits, we might have to set, you know, make a withdrawal. They're there, right? So start with that strong connection, have deposits in the relationship bank account. Are you frustrated with parenting? Do you want to practice conscious, compassionate parenting, but you don't know how? It's not easy. And there's no roadmap for this. Until now, I'm Hunter Clark Fields, creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I know how frustrating it is because I've been there. I struggled as a young mom, and when I found myself yelling and triggered by my child, I knew there had to be a better way, and there is. Mindful parenting is different from other parenting trainings. They don't tell you that all of that good advice is as good as useless when our internal stress response is triggered. Mindful Parenting teaches you research-based tools and practices to reduce your stress response so that you can respond rather than react. And it teaches you exactly what to say so that you can create willing cooperation from your child. You can learn more and enroll at mindfulparentingcourse.com and you can join us for a free live training coming up soon where you'll learn why your kids don't listen to you, how your brain undermines your parenting, and how to create cooperative kids without losing your temper. Sign up now at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. I'll see you there. In mindful parenting, I teach parents how to how to set those limits using the kind of skillful language that doesn't, you know, offer blame and shame, right? So with empathy, the point of is to see it from their point of view and offer some genuine empathy for how they're feeling while setting the limit. And then think about only setting the limits we need to set. Like little kids, I feel for them because every second of the day, someone is telling them what to do, what to wear, when to do it, and they have so little autonomy. So What's necessary, right? Safety for themselves and others is necessary. 
and respect for themselves and others. But these are things we have to learn. And our kids' brains are still developing. So we have to expect them to mess up and expect them to make mistakes and have that grounding in ourselves, have that foundation in ourselves, which is part of what we teach in that whole first part of mindful parenting, to have that mindful foundation so that we aren't triggered, so that we can be there to instead teach and mentor them. And how do we teach and mentor? First, first we do it for them. Next, we we do it with them, side by side. We do that, do it with them. Next, we watch them do it. And then finally, we let them do it. So it isn't just we do it for them, then we let them do it. We teach them. Whether this is emotional, dealing with strong emotions, or it's peeling the carrots, okay? Whether it's wiping the counter or it's getting out the door. First, we do it for them. Then we do it with them. Then we watch them do it. And then we let them do it. Right now, I'm at the stage of letting them walk home alone on their own, right? You gotta let them do it. Gotta let them experience that. But first I did it for them. Then I did it with them. And then I'm, I've been, now I'm in this stage of watching them do it, right? Watching them cross that street, that busy street near me. And then I'm gonna let them, let them do it. And this is, that is the format of helping our kids, teaching and mentoring them and working ourselves out of a job, which is our job, right? <laughs> so setting those boundaries, a few tips for that. We can allow for the natural consequence, even though this is may not be how we were raised. We may have been raised with punishment. But the truth is, we don't need to add layers of blame and shame or pain onto experiences when our children mess up. They, they naturally usually feel pretty bad or guilty when they make a mistake. And so we talk about how to use that, how to use that language in mindful parenting that is skillful so that we can let our kids know what are the effects of their actions. But a natural consequence is anything that happens naturally with no adult interference, right? So when you stand in the rain, you get wet. When you don't eat, you get hungry. When you forget your coat, you get cold. And so we don't need to lecture and scold, say, I told you so. Oh my God, it's so hard for me to not say I told you so. I'm so working on that. You know, or do anything else that adds more blame, shame, or pain, right? We don't need to. We just don't need to. Kids are pretty smart. They figure this stuff out. And so even though um, natural consequences are really, really helpful in helping kids learn responsibility, just want to say here that there are a few times when there are not practical. Worse, when a child is in danger, right? We can't allow a child to experience the natural consequence of playing in the street. Nope. When a natural consequence interferes with the rights of others, right? So we can't allow the natural consequence of allowing a child to throw rocks at another person or throw sand at another person, right? And this is why we really need a lot of supervision for kids under the age of four. So, and then number three, of course, when the results of the behavior don't seem like a problem to them, but are actually going to adversely affect them, like their health and well-being, for example, bedtimes, eating a bunch of junk food, taking baths, seems like stuff like that. So we have to, how do we help our kids in those moments? Many times we simply insist. 
And in my family, you know, we always do our responsibilities and responsibilities we have, like taking care of ourselves, our home, and each other before we have fun stuff. Those are natural consequences in in our house, right? The, the fun extra stuff, like the screen times, they wait until after those responsibilities. So allow for those natural consequences. Hold those limits with empathy. Because the other ways of doing it, right, those, and as you hold your limits with empathy, as you teach your children, and they start to see that you genuinely see what they're feeling, it takes the emotion way down. And they are so much more likely to cooperate with you when, you know, you're connecting with them on a person-to-person level and not barking orders at them all the time, right? And so we work on that language in mindful parenting. So we talked about what are your goals for your child. We talked about whether, you know, do we want 100% obedience? We talked about, you know, if punishment works and what children actually learn from punishment. We talked about the problems with punishment, how it can be psychologically damaging, how it makes children more self-centered. It teaches children to lie. It doesn't teach children good behavior. We talked about permissive parenting and the problems with that. And we talked about the middle path of discipline, right? Holding those limits with empathy and teaching and mentoring and allowing for natural consequences. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I can't wait to hear your ahas. Did you learn anything from this today? You know, if you have, be sure to head over to mindfulmamamentor.com and join our free private Facebook group where we can continue the conversation. And if you want to dive into this information more, be sure to join the Mindful Parenting free training. It's going to be happening this time around on February 4th through February 7th, 2019. But if you're listening in the future, you might as well head over there because we probably, we might have one again in the future people way back, way over there in the future. But if you're listening now, head over to that free training, mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. We're going to dive even deeper into these issues and help you get started on a path that actually gets easier and easier over time instead of harder and harder over time. So it really, really can help. I'm wishing you a beautiful week. I'm so thankful for your ears. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, be sure to share it. You know, we this is information we need to spread. It, it really helps change things for a whole generation, right? We can start to shift things for generations, and you can be part of that, and I really want you to be part of that. And I wish you a beautiful week, my friend. Thanks so much for listening. Guess what? Next week, we are going to be talking. We're going to have another amazing episode with an incredible person that I'm so thrilled to talk to, Oren J. Sofer. We're going to have an episode on how to talk to kids. He wrote an amazing book that I've been recommending, and we are actually going to be doing a giveaway too. So be sure to come back next week and listen to that. All right. Have a great week. Sending you all my love. Namaste. Are you frustrated with parenting? Do you want to practice conscious, compassionate parenting, but you don't know how? It's not easy, and there's no roadmap for this. Until now. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, creator of the Mindful Parenting Course, and I know how frustrating it is because I've been there. 
I struggled as a young mom, and when I found myself yelling and triggered by my child, I knew there had to be a better way, and there is. Mindful parenting is different from other parenting trainings. They don't tell you that all of that good advice is as good as useless when our internal stress response is triggered. Mindful parenting teaches you research-based tools and practices to reduce your stress response so that you can respond rather than react. And it teaches you exactly what to say so that you can create willing cooperation from your child. You can learn more and enroll at mindfulparentingcourse.com and you can join us for a free live training coming up soon where you'll learn why your kids don't listen to you, how your brain undermines your parenting, and how to create cooperative kids without losing your temper. Sign up now at mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. That's mindfulparentingcourse.com slash free training. I'll see you there. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.